Section 57 of A History of the Inquisition of Spain, Volume 3. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Diana Meilinger. A History of the Inquisition of Spain, Volume 3, by Henry Charles Lee. Book 8, Spheres of Action. Chapter 4, Censorship. Part 1. Censorship of the press was not the least effective function of the Inquisition in arresting the development of the Spanish intellect. That it should suppress the utterance of heresy in print as well as in speech would appear to be inevitable, and yet no such power was included in the commissions of the earlier inquisitors-general, nor at first was this regarded as one of its duties. It is true that, as early as 1490, it burned a large number of Hebrew Bibles and other Jewish books, and, soon afterwards in Salamanca, it consigned to the flames in an auto some six thousand volumes of works on Judaism and sorcery. We have seen also that Jimenez in Granada burnt a mass of Moorish MSS, but these were extrajudicial acts which there was none to call in question. In the instructions issued by Torquemada and his immediate successors, there is no reference to censorship as an inquisitorial duty, and, in the earliest manual, printed in Valencia in 1494, the only allusion to it is the prescription, derived from the canon law, that anyone obtaining possession of a heretical book is bound, within eight days, to burn it or to deliver it to the bishop or inquisitor. In fact, the matter was not regarded as pertaining especially to the Inquisition. The earliest provision for censorship, called forth by the development of the art of printing, is a faculty granted, March 17, 1479, by Sixtus IV to the rector and dean of the University of Cologne, to proceed with censures against the printers, sellers, and readers of heretical books. Alexander VI, in 1501, assumed it to be an episcopal function, when he called on the German bishops to keep a vigilant watch on the press. So Ferdinand and Isabella, in 1502, when they promulgated the earliest law regulating the issue of books, made no mention of the Inquisition. This law formed the basis of all subsequent legislation, and its uncompromising character foreshadowed the relations that were henceforth to exist between the government and the intelligence of Spain. No book was to be printed, imported, or exposed for sale without preliminary examination and license. In Valladolid, this duty was imposed on the president judges of the royal courts, in Toledo, Seville, and Granada on the archbishops, in Burgos on the bishop, and in Salamanca and Zamora on the bishop of Salamanca, who were to act through examiners, paid by a moderate salary, not oppressive to booksellers and printers. When the MS had been thus licensed, it was, after printing, to be carefully compared with the sheets to see that no changes had been made. Any book printed or imported and offered for sale, without such license, was to be seized and publicly burned. The printer or vendor was incapacitated from continuing in business, and was fined in twice the amount received for any copies that he might have sold. That the censorship thus created was enforced with more or less regularity may be inferred from a remark of Chancellor Gattinara, in 1527, reassuring Erasmus against expected attacks, that nothing was permitted to be published in Spain without careful previous examination, and he fervently wished that an equally wholesome rule could be established in Germany. 
The motive for this sharp and comprehensive legislation can only be conjectured. Before the Reformation, there was little demand for the services of the censor. The Church was worldly. Its supremacy in all matters of faith and discipline seemed to be so immutably established that it regarded with good-natured indifference abstract speculations such as those of Marsilio Ficino, Pomponazzi, and Agustino Nifo, and concrete ridicule like that of Sebastian Brandt, Thomas Morner, and Erasmus. It was otherwise when the Lutheran revolt threatened the overthrow of Latin Christianity, and spread with such rapidity that no man could foretell its limits. We have seen that, as early as 1521, Rome called upon Spain to prevent the introduction and dissemination of Lutheran writings, and that Cardinal Adrian promptly assumed that it was the function of the Inquisition to do so. There is no trace of any delegation of such faculty, from either the Holy See or the civil power, but his action was not likely to be called in question, and the civil authorities were under oath to obey the mandates of the inquisitors, where the faith was concerned. Accordingly, his decree in April 1521 is couched in the most absolute terms. The books in question had been prohibited by the inquisitors and spiritual judges, wherefore the tribunals were instructed to order, under heavy censures and civil penalties, that no one should possess or sell them, whether in Latin or Romance, but should, within three days after notice, bring them to the Inquisition to be publicly burnt. The edict was to be published in a sermon of faith, and, after publication, anyone possessing or selling them, or knowing that others possessed them and not denouncing the offenders, was to suffer the penalties announced by the Inquisitors, while all ecclesiastical and secular authorities were ordered to render whatever aid might be necessary. Thus, at a bound, the Inquisition claimed and exercised the power of enforcing the prohibition of condemned books. The next step, that of condemning books, would seem to have been taken, in 1525, in an order to the vicar of Alaca de Henares to seize all copies of a certain book of expositions of the Psalter. Then followed, in 1530 and 1531, various edicts showing the activity of the Inquisition in exploiting its new field of action. The heretics were printing their work under assumed names, or adding heretic commentaries to authorized books, for the detection of which the utmost vigilance of the tribunals was invoked. A clause was to be added to the Edict of Faith, requiring the denunciation of all such works. The tribunals were to send executory letters to all towns, demanding the surrender of Luther's writings, and discreet persons were to be appointed to investigate the bookshops in search of this evil literature. When, in 1535, the Tribunal of Valencia admitted that it had neglected to do this, it was commanded to make the appointments forthwith and to have all condemned books seized. The Inquisition had assumed and was exercising authority to condemn books, to seize those in circulation, and to punish their possessors, although it had no formal authority for any of these acts. It seems to have felt that the punishment of offenders, at least, required papal faculties, and, when Inquisitor-General Tavera, in 1539, succeeded Manrique, a clause was inserted in his commission, empowering him and his successors to proceed against those who owned or read heretical books. The authority of the Holy Office was thus complete with regard to books after they were printed, but as to the equally important function of granting licenses to print, 
its policy at first varied somewhat. The law of 1502 had confided this duty explicitly to judges and bishops, but, in 1527, the Inquisition invaded this by granting licenses for Antonio de Obregon's translations of some of St. Bernard's and San Vicente de Ferrer's works. Even individual inquisitors seem to have arrogated to themselves power to grant licenses, for, in 1530, the Suprema forbade them to do so, but it assumed for itself entire control of the matter, in 1536, by issuing orders that no book should be printed without a preliminary examination by the Holy Office. Reflection, and possibly experience, however, showed that this assumption of power carried with it a responsibility that occasionally might prove embarrassing, for books which it thus approved might subsequently, in the growing sensitiveness of orthodoxy, be condemned, and the Carta Acordada in 1550 definitely prohibited all such licenses, adding that the Suprema did not grant them. It was wiser that preliminary approval and subsequent judgment should be in different hands, and this was provided for in an edict of Charles V and Prince Philip, in 1554, confining to the Royal Council the duty of issuing licenses, after careful examination of the MSS submitted, which, in the case of all important works, were to be retained for comparison with the printed sheets. Yet the Inquisition retained the right to stop the printing of any book denounced to it as heretical, and it seems for a while to have occasionally issued licenses, for a Carta Acordada of 1575 alludes to the approval of books and their licensing by inquisitors. This was probably the end of it, and the Inquisition tacitly declined to risk its reputation for infallibility by approving books in advance, which it might subsequently have to condemn. The Inquisition thus restricted itself to the duty of condemnation. The prohibition might be total and the book be wholly suppressed, or partial, in which case its circulation was suspended, donec corrigatur, until it should be expurgated of passages regarded as erroneous, misleading, or offensive. For this duty it provided no machinery, and did not profess to take the initiative. In the Edicts of Faith, it was made the duty of everyone to denounce whatever was contrary to the faith, and there were plenty of acute theologians and captious critics to whom it was an agreeable task to call attention to any word or sentence or proposition to which exception could be taken. The book was then submitted to calificadores, and with their verdict, whether for suppression or expurgation, was submitted to the Suprema, or the book itself might be sent there for examination. In any case, the decision rested with it, and was communicated to the tribunals by an edict, which was read in all the churches, and affixed to their portals, so that no one could plead ignorance. All who possessed the inculpated book were summoned, within a limited time, to surrender it for suppression, if it were prohibited, if objectionable passages were to be blotted out, and this under penalty of excommunication and fine, with threat of prosecution for persistent disobedience. Everything thus centered in the Suprema, whose action was required in even the most trivial matters, and its correspondence on these affairs was incessant. As condemnations and expurgations multiplied, it became impossible to trust the records of the tribunals or the memory of the faithful. Some authentic list or catalogue was required to aid inquisitors in their work, and to warn booksellers and readers, and thus gradually was developed the Index Librorum Prohibitorum, or Expurgandorum, 
which has become one of the most efficient of instrumentalities for repressing the human intellect and aiding the forces of reaction. Henry VIII has the credit of setting the example in a brief list of prohibited books issued in 1526, although in the same year Charles V published in the Netherlands a placard naming half a dozen authors whose books were to be burnt. The earliest allusion that I have met to such a catalogue in Spain occurs in a letter of September 1540 from the Suprema to Loazes, then Inquisitor of Barcelona, complaining of the inefficiency of the efforts to prevent the importation of prohibited books, which the Germans were using every means to disseminate, while merchants and booksellers felt no fear of the penalties imposed by the Inquisition. Greater activity and heavier punishment were necessary, for which instructions were enclosed with a list of prohibited and suspected books, to which Loazes was to add his suggestions. This was merely for use within the Inquisition. The first formal printed index was compiled, in 1546, by the University of Louvain. A copy of this was sent, in 1547, to the Inquisitor-General Valdés, at Seville, who forwarded it to the Suprema. This had it printed, with an appendix containing the books prohibited in Spain, and sent it out, September 1st, to the tribunals, with some MS editions of the later prohibitions. This is the earliest Spanish index, hitherto unknown, which has left no other trace, and it serves to mark the commencement of another duty undertaken by the Suprema, that of examining books for the purpose, without awaiting denunciations, for, in 1545, there is an order to pay Dr. Alvaro de Moscoso forty ducats for labor of this kind. Then, in 1550, the University of Louvain issued an enlarged list and this, by order of Charles V, was reprinted and circulated by the Inquisition in 1551, with its own additions, constituting what has been reckoned as the first Spanish index. The energies of the Suprema were now turned to the scriptures. Vast numbers of Latin Bibles had been circulated, correct as to the text, but rendered insidiously dangerous by heretical notes and commentaries. Many of these were contained in the index of 1551, and diligent search was made for others at Salamanca and Alcala, and their errors were scrupulously noted. The results of these labors were communicated to the tribunals, with orders to examine all the Bibles seized under the index of 1551. If among them were found editions not in the list enclosed, they were to be scrupulously examined by learned men and be sent to the Suprema, which would then determine what was to be done with the great accumulation of corrupt Bibles in the land. It concluded not to order a wholesale destruction, and in 1554, it issued the first expurgatory index, devoted to the scriptures, specifying the edition and the passages to be borrado, or blotted out. This was sent to the tribunals with orders for its publication everywhere. All the Bibles seized, and all that might be brought in, were to be expurgated and returned to their owners, with a certificate. After the expiration of the term of grace allowed, the most strenuous efforts were to be made to ascertain whether any prohibited or unexpurgated Bibles remained in the hands of individuals or institutions, the owners of which were to be punished with the utmost rigor. It was evidently the books conveyed by Julian Hernandez that furnished a fresh list sent to the tribunals, October 22, 1557, of works described as printed in Venice and brought from Flanders and Germany by a Spaniard to Seville. 
Edicts concerning them were to be published everywhere, and bookshops were to be sedulously searched and anyone found in possession of them was to be punished with the greatest severity. This was followed, September the 2nd, 1558, by an additional list of books ordered to be burnt. The Suprema was thus obtaining material for an independent index. Paul IV had caused one to be compiled in 1557, which was printed and suppressed to appear in 1559, in an authentic form. The Spanish Inquisition, however, already asserted its independence of the Roman Holy Office in these matters. The excitement over the Lutherans of Valladolid and Seville suggested a comprehensive prohibition of heretic books. Valdez procured from the Pope the necessary delegation of power, and, in 1559, the first indigenous index appeared. It was distributed to the tribunals with instructions that all books contained in it were to be called in. Those of the heretic authors were to be publicly burned in the autos, and the rest carefully stored, making lists of them and their owners, which were to be sent to the Suprema for its action. Books on the humanities and Catholic books with heretic notes, if the latter could be effaced, were to be returned to the owners. All anonymous books and books without imprint of place and printer, and all books printed abroad since 1519, were to be seized and examined, and, if found suspicious, were to be detained. The general clause in the index, covering all books savouring of heresy, was explained to mean that everything not contained in it that was heretical or suspect was to be seized, and whenever there was doubt, the Suprema was to be consulted. The preparation of the index had been a work of no little labour and perplexity. Among others, the learned Dr. Francisco Sancho had for some years been employed by the Suprema in examining and seizing books, and, early in 1559, he wrote that he had a large number in his possession, and that in the course of his duties many doubts had arisen, which he set forth in a series of questions. One of these suggests the difficulty of censorship applied to a theology undergoing reconstruction at the Council of Trent, but which was assumed to have been unalterable from the beginning. Sancho calls attention to the clause in the edicts forbidding all books containing anything against the faith and the church and its observances. There are many books, he continues, containing such errors, as those of Richard of Amar, Cayetano, the Master of Sentences, Oregon, Theophylact, Tertullian, Lactantius, Lucian, Aristotle, Plato, Seneca, and others, much used both in and out of the schools, and it is doubted whether they can be permitted under condition of noting the errors. The Suprema shrank from the absurdity of suppressing the works of the most eminent medieval theologians and the leading classics, and it graciously allowed their circulation until further orders. The issue of the index was followed by a vigorous search through all the bookshops and libraries of Spain. Examiners or revisers were appointed everywhere, with instructions to scrutinize all collections of books, whether in shops, monasteries, universities or private libraries, to detect not only those named in the index, but all others containing suspicious matter. All owners of books were commanded to submit them for examination, under penalty of excommunication and two hundred ducats. Not only the prohibited books, but all regarded as suspicious were to be sent, together with information as to their owners, to the Suprema, which would do justice in the premises. End of section 57